Well, the story was great. The preaching might suck, but the story was great. Yeah. I was, I was quite enthralled with that story. Well, I'm delighted to be here with you. Uh, I was here, I don't know, four weeks, five, six, seven, eight, I don't know. And uh, you're hard up for preaching because I'll be here next week. So <laughs> if, if you don't like today, don't come next week because <laughs> it, it will be me again. I was thinking about preaching here, and the Lord laid this on my heart, uh, to be or to stand still. And there's two passages that we're going to look at in regards to that, if you could just click for me. And um, when I think of it standing still, go ahead and thanks. I have this, I have this bad memory of my mother looking at my brother and I and saying, would you two stand still? I have that bad memory. And then I have another bad memory, lineups. I have one bank that I deal with, and I, the only time I go is when I have to send money overseas. And I went to this bank, because I, I only do banking online, except I have to go to the bank to do this, to send this money. And I went into the bank. Everybody from the city of St. Thomas was there. Everybody, actually, not everybody, but there was 23 people lined up. And I want to tell them this. Excuse me, excuse me, do you know that you can bank at simply banking for nothing? You know, and let's all be Dutch. Uh, you know, you can bank there for nothing, but I, I, don't like, I don't like lineups. I hate lineups. And then there is this command of Scripture. And we're going to look at two passages this morning the command of scripture. So let's look at the first one. No, let's, let's do something else first. Let's, let's repeat this out loud together. Can you do that together? I know it's tricky because you're not Anglican. <laughs> I'll read it first so you can practice mumbling. So then you can, re- so when I say, okay, read it together, you can read it together, okay? Lord, teach me to stand Lord, teach me to fight and help me to know which one when. Because you don't want to be fighting when you should be standing. And you don't want to be standing when you should be fighting. All right? So here we go. Let's together. Ready? Lord, teach me to stand. Lord, teach me to fight. Help me to know which one, when. Well, let's do that again. That was good. You, you did really good for, what are you? Mennonite. Mennonite <laughs> brothers. What are you people? <laughs> do it one more time. Lord, teach me to stand. Lord, teach me to fight. Help me to know which one and when. Okay, so if you have your Bibles or your phones or... Uh, I guess I got it on, do I have it on the screen, the next slide? I do, if you have binoculars. <laughs> this is Exodus 14, 10 to 14. Exodus 14, 10 to 14, the New Living Translation. As Pharaoh approached, 
the people of Israel looked up and panicked when they saw the Egyptians overtaking them. They cried out to the Lord and they said to Moses, why did you bring us out here to die in the wilderness? Weren't there enough graves for us in Egypt? What have you done? Why did you make us leave Egypt? Didn't we tell you this would happen while we were still in Egypt? We said, leave us alone. Let us be slaves to the Egyptians. It is better to be a slave in Egypt than a corpse in the wilderness. But Moses told the people, don't be afraid. Just stand still and watch. The Lord will rescue you today. The Egyptians you see today, you'll never see again. The Lord himself will fight for you. Just stay calm. Just stay calm. Don't be afraid. Stand still. Exodus 14. Now let's go to the New Testament. Ephesians chapter 6, 10 to 4. Ephesians chapter 6, 10 to 4. Again, a well-known passage of Scripture. A final word. Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on all the armor of God so that you will be able to stand firm against all the strategies of the devil. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against the evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers of this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. Therefore, put on every piece of God's armor so you'll be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then after the battle, you will be standing firm. Verse 14, stand your ground. Stand your ground, put on the the belt of truth and the body of God's righteousness. Well, this is what we're going to do today. We're going to look at the the whys, the whens, and the hows of standing still. The whys, the whens, and the hows of standing still. Well, let's look at the whys. Let's look at our first reading so you can go back to Exodus chapter 10. Well, the Hebrew children, they're stuck. <laughs> they were on a roll. They, they, uh, they had gone through this act of deliverance, and they're, they're leaving the, the land of Egypt. In the leaving of the land of Egypt... Um, God had not only granted them freedom, but God had granted them many blessings. So they had all kinds of um, cattle, sheep, jewelry, gold, silver, the whole nine yards. And uh, they are, they're on a roll. They, they're enjoying their freedom. They get to the Red Sea, and as they get to the Red Sea, they, they now turn around and they see this cloud of dust coming up behind them. And the people at the back of the group, there's over a million people there, 
uh, a little bit larger than Leamington. Uh, uh, people at the back, the word gets passed forward. Susan, it's Pharaoh passed the word. And so it's Pharaoh, it's Pharaoh, it's Pharaoh. It goes through the whole crowd. And as we read the story, uh, you know their stuckness, listen carefully, their stuckness killed their faith. I want that to sit for a second because that's a freebie on the way past. Their stuckness killed their faith. And they looked around and here was the options. Fight Pharaoh, go swimming. That's their only options. There is no other functional options. So they turn on their leader. When you are stuck, you tend to turn on your leader. Again, those are free on the way past because I'm not even preaching on that, okay? (laughs) They turn on their leader because they sense a great disaster in the making. So here's the question. Does that describe 2023 for you? Does that describe an activity of 2023 for you? You're kind of like stuck. Maybe even this week. Maybe as you look into 2024, you, you, you feel your back is against the wall. You feel kind of stuck. You feel kind of, I don't know how to move ahead physically, financially, in my marriage, with my children, with my own spiritual journey. I'm kind of just stuck and I don't know how to move forward. I feel the enemy breathing down my neck at the back and I see in front of me an insurmountable wall of water and an insurmountable circumstance, a financial circumstance, a a marriage that's falling apart, a physical need, my children, my spiritual life. I I, I see insurmountable odds in front of me. I, I sense the devil breathing down my neck and I am stuck and I don't know what to do. So Moses gives them this answer. Don't be afraid. And I quote, just stand still. Oh, thank you. That's very helpful. (laughs) Don't be afraid. Just stand still. You have to understand, this is the first of many crazy military strategies that Moses uses. And the people of Israel. Like, how's this one? Walk around a city for one day and then go back home and do nothing. Helpful. Oh, let's get up, 
Let's do the same thing we did yesterday. And remember, don't say anything. The seventh day, this is how you defeat the enemy. You walk seven times around the walls. And after the seven times, you go, and the wall falls down. Moses tells the people, just stand still because God will fight for you and so you need to stay calm. So folks, I want to remind you how ridiculous that sounds. I I want to remind you at how foolish that sounds sounds. I want to remind you that there's no common sense in that statement. I want you to know that anybody who has a cup of coffee with you and tells you that when your marriage is falling apart, you need to just stand still. That's dumb advice. When you're in debt over your eyeballs and you can't see any way out as you go into 2024 and your friend says, you just need to relax, stay calm, just stand still. And you're thinking, you're an idiot. I want you to know this is not common sense. This is not really good advice. And if you pay a a counselor and he tells you that, walk out and don't pay him. Because that makes no sense at all. Stand still and be calm. So right now there's somebody here and you need to hear this. Stand still in Jesus' name and be calm. And your heart is pumping right now and your mind's racing around Tell that idiot to get off the platform and tell Susan to get up there and say something that's better than that. And that's what's going around in your mind. And in Jesus' name, I speak a Holy Spirit calmness into your soul. And in Jesus' name, I speak a Holy Spirit calmness into your mind. Stand still. Stand still. Stand, stand still. Stand still. Well, let's do the next one. When should we stand still? Okay. When? You need to stand still when God is going to fight for you. (laughs) Pookie Prudum heard of him? He was the town bully in Vineland where I grew up. (laughs) I thought he was famous because he was a real bully. And he lived around the corner from us uh, on Church Street. Why would a bully live on Church Street? I never thought of that before. Anyways, um, he came over to see us one day and and, uh, my brother and I were on, on, I'll do it this way, my brother and I were on on this side of, on our lot and Pookie Prudum. His name was David. I don't know why we call him Pookie. Because I guess Pookie sounds bullyish, doesn't it? And uh, Pookie Prudum's over here. 
and there's a, there's a hedge in between us. And Pookie offers us an option. And the, the option that Pookie offered us was this. You, both you boys need to hop over this, this uh, hedge, and I'll take both of you on right now. Both of you. I don't have to do you individual. I'll do you both. And uh, I, I remember looking at Pookie Prudum, and uh, then I looked at my brother, who picked on me quite sufficiently as it was, and uh, I thought, here's a good opportunity for, for Pookie Prudum to beat my brother up. Right? Notice, notice the logic. And so I said to John, I said, you want to go? Yeah, let's go. I moved, and John, John hopped over, and I watched as Pookie beat up John. <laughs> Who does that to their brother? <laughs> I wanted John to fight for me. But I want to share with you, he didn't. <laughs> But then he did fight me after. That would be John. (laughs) But in this story, when your back is against the wall, as in the Exodus passage, you're sure you're going to die. You're sure you're going to go bankrupt. You're you're sure your marriage is going to fall apart. You're you're sure your teenager is going to pull your hair out if you happen to have any. Your back is against the wall. You're sure to be defeated. The text says, God will fight for you. Come on. God will fight for you. You need to stand there and you need to be calm. When? Right now, because God will fight for you. Against all odds, against all common sense, Against all normal ways of doing things, God will fight for you. When? When should you stand still? You should stand still because God is going to fight for you. Blind man can't see. Jesus says, here, let me make some mud. Pack it in your eyeball sockets. This is like a good treatment system. And then go wash in the the pool of Siloam. That doesn't make sense. God will fight for you. God will fight for you. Somebody needs to hear that today. Some marriage needs to see, hear that. Some financial thing needs to hear, financial situation needs to hear that. Maybe this church needs to hear that. I don't know. God will fight for you. Stand still, be calm, God is going to fight for you. The other side of the coin, coin, second, you need to jump over the hedge and punch out Pookie Prudum. Okay? 
Remember this other passage I read to you out of Ephesians? A final word, be strong in the Lord, put on the whole armor of God so that you will be able to stand firm against the the devil's strategies. And uh, he ends with this, stand your ground and and fight. Um, I wasn't a fighter growing up. As a matter of fact, I've really never been in a fight and I don't want to have a fight, so don't come up to me afterwards. Uh, I've... You know, you're either a fighter or a flighter. Well, God anointed me to flight and not fight. And so I, by nature, am not a fighter. But sometimes you do have to fight. Uh, Satan himself or demons are chasing you in a corner and they need a punch in the nose. A Holy Ghost punch in the nose. Uh, So, you know, when we started, I said, you know, sometimes we need a stand. But then sometimes we need to take our coat off, put up our dukes, and give the devil a what for in the nose. And uh, so sometimes you are the one that has to fight. And so we're asking this question, when? Well, sometimes we need to put up a fight because we sense and we know it's the work of the enemy. And he needs a good blood blood-washed flogging. Say that really fast, and then you can preach, right? There's sometimes when you just know it's the enemy, and you need to take him by the horns and just give him a good Holy Ghost slap on the side of the head. When do you fight? Or when do you stand still? Well, you need to stand still when it looks like defeat is certain. Anybody a Leaf fan? So last night, I watched the first five minutes, and I made a prophetic word as I watched the game. I said to myself, these guys are losing tonight. How many knew that in the first five minutes? We have fellow prophets up here. Any over here? Any other prophets on this side, right? You know, um, you knew that defeat was certain in the first five minutes. And that's when you're thankful that you didn't pay $1,500 to go to Toronto to watch a game. Sometimes you know that defeat is certain. And when you look at things, listen carefully, you know you're not good enough, you're not smart enough, you're not spiritual enough, you're not anything enough, and you know that defeat is certain. You know it, you know it, you know it. That's when you say, I'm standing still. I'm standing still when you know defeat is right around the corner. And when you smell the foul breath of an evil spirit, that's when you swing your sword of the Holy Spirit and you go for the jugular. We better keep moving. So how do you do this? I'm going to give you the hows. Number one, how to stand. Sometimes the Lord tells you, it's okay. I've got this. It's okay. Just stand still. Just remain calm. 
I've got this. You've just got to watch. Sometimes we have to wield the sword, swinging it, swinging it appropriately and cutting down the enemy. But how do you do that? Every spiritual um, movement forward requires two things. And here they are. These are the two things you, never, you need to remember. Here's the first one. Next slide, please. You have to do what he tells you to do. And I realize that sounds relatively elementary, and you should have said, well, I could have stayed in bed and figured that out. But, but don't discuss it with God. <laughs> don't argue with God. Just shut up and do what you're told. Remember this? We read this. The Lord said, why are you crying out to me? Tell those people to get moving. You pick up your staff. You raise your hand over the sea. You divide the waters so that the Israels can, so the Israelites can walk through the middle of the sea on dry ground. Again, do you know how stupid that sounds? Don't worry, people. Don't worry. I'm going to go put my rod over, over the sea. I'm going to speak. I'm going to just put my rod over the sea like that. And the waters will part, and you will go down, or you will go through, go down, whoops, you will go through on dry ground. And everybody's saying, he's nuts. He needs a holiday. And that is exactly what happens. See, obedience always requires faith. I'll tell you a story that happened that will help you understand this. I've, over the years, done a lot of work in Teen Challenge and um, done a lot of work in, in deliverance ministries in Teen Challenge. I'm in this room, and uh, I'm working with a man, a young man, and he's, he needs deliverance. It's too long ago. I can't remember why I knew that and what he was doing. I forget that part. I've got another young man with me. We've been praying for him for a rather long time, period of time, probably 20-ish minutes. Normally, I don't pray that long in deliverance. Um, but we've been praying, and there was no breakthrough. And I hear the Lord say this, and now you'll know I'm thoroughly crazy if you didn't already. I hear the Lord say, you need to clap beside his head. And when you clap behind, beside his head, I'll give him deliverance. And I say to the Lord, of course... Well, no, I didn't at this stage because I, I got the smarts about this whole deliverance business. And this whole deliverance business requires obedience. So I said to him, I said, no, no problem. As soon as he said that, I went beside the guy's head. I clapped twice like that. And the guy looked at me, bang. He says, it's gone. And I say to myself, write that down, write that down. Clap beside the right hand. Was it, was it left, left hand, right, right, right here? Clap beside right ear and deliverance comes. Yeah, I got the name notes. Susan, he's never done that ever again. 
So don't go out here thinking, well, hey, let's become the clapping church. <laughs> yeah. Everybody's going around that church just going up to you and going like, Why did I do that? It's simple. He told me to. So here's the question. Do what God tells you to do. If he tells you to repent, well, don't argue. Just repent. If he tells you to fast, just fast. That means, like, don't eat. You know, if he tells you to pray, well, then get on your knees and pray. For how long? Until he tells you to get up. What if it's all day? You'll get over it. Just do it all day. You know, what if he tells you to give more money? Because you have none. Well, then I just... Go ahead and do it. Do what he tells you to do. Just just do it. Don't argue with it. Don't discuss it. Don't ask the implications thereof. Don't ask the pastor. Just shut up and do it. And walk in obedience. Moses, you stand before that... um, that sea, you take your rod and you go. Does it matter which hand? No, no, no. He doesn't and he's standing there. Well, you've seen the, mu- the movie, right? He holds it there. Who was that? Uh, Charles. Charles Hester. He holds it there and, he, and he's just kind of just standing there. Why? Had nothing to do with the rod. Had to do with it had to do with obedience. Do what the Lord tells you to do. How many are so old they remember this? Stand up, stand up for Jesus. They're all old, eh? It was a little weak on this side. (laughs) Here's the fourth verse. Stand up, stand up for Jesus. The strife will not be long. This day, the noise of battle. The next, the victor's song. To him that overcometh, a crown of life shall be. He with the king of glory shall reign eternally. Just do what he says. <laughs> one more. What was the next one? Wow. Just learn to be still. We're really bad at this in our culture. You notice that? We're just really bad at this. Here's a great thing to learn in 2024. Learn to be still and just wait in the presence of God. This whole sermon arises out of this... um, writing that my wife shared with me from Anne Voskamp. Is that a name anybody knows? Standing requires stillness. Like you get in that lineup at, 
at the bank. There's 23 people. It requires stillness. A few options. Oh, hey, excuse me, folks. Anybody want to hear a sermon? <laughs> Probably not. Let's sing. Together now. Stand up, stand up for it. No, you j- you're still. I dare say you will think this is Ann Rose Camp. I dare say you will think it very easy to stand still, but it is one of the postures which a Christian soldier learns not without years of teaching. So if you've been saved for less than 10 years, you're probably a very bad stillness person. Now, if you're not, you should preach next week. Stillness is difficult. Charles Spurgeon Stillness is one of the most difficult to learn under the captain of our salvation. The Apostle Paul seems to hint at that this difficult difficulty when he says, stand fast and having done all to stand. This is a wild and a noisy world. I challenge you in 2024 to learn stillness to learn quietness, to learn to be still. Because when you're still, it's when the Lord works. And when you're still, it's when the Lord speaks. In my ministry as a spiritual director, and I, I, direct, I have about 40 to 50 clients My calling and my duty as a spiritual director is to help you hear the voice of God. Not to direct you, but to help you listen to God. If you can't be silent and learn stillness, you're not likely to hear the voice of God. The interior soul stillness. God is always asking you to be still. Be still and know that I am God. A client of mine not that long ago was so starved for stillness, I'll steal his story and I'll tell, you to, I'll tell it to you. I had him do the centering exercise. Then I said to him, After we've done the centering exercise, I want you just to wait in stillness before the Lord and just sit there and uh, I'll mute myself. And when you're ready to begin and share together, say amen. And so he settled down. He's a very busy man. He's a president of 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 a large Bible college. He was, he was very busy. And he closed his eyes after this. And it's like the throne room of God opened its door. And I sat there waiting for him. Susan, 50 minutes later, I whispered into my mic. It was a Zoom meeting. I said, 
Bob. That's not his name. Bob, I, I feel like I'm walking into the Holy of Holies. I don't. But, but you've been silent for 50 minutes. He goes, 50 minutes? I said, 50 minutes. Learn stillness. God's invitation is to be still. And let all, let all things fall away. Still, let go of your control, gentlemen. <clears throat> be still and know that he is God. Next, please. Lord, teach me to stand. Lord, teach me to fight. Lord, teach me to know which one went. One more slide. And uh, then I need to end. What's God telling you to do as we end 2023 and as we head into 2024? Is it time for you to fight? Is it time for you to pull out your Holy Spirit sword and fast, pray, anoint, call on God's warfare and do some business with the devil and smack him around? Or is it time to stand still? Learn stillness because God will pull a miracle out of his hat. And you know, as you look at those two things in the slide, I want to tell you that we in the West do both of those things poorly. Wouldn't it be interesting if Meadowbrooks in Leamington, in southern Ontario, became a church where they fought the devil well and they learned to stand still well. Father, in the name of Jesus, there are some here that they need to stand still. I want to ask a question. Nobody's looking around. Every, high, every head is bowed. How many are here and they're saying, you know, Peter, as you're preaching and as you started, I'm facing a situation and I know that the Lord is saying, hey, you need to stand still because I'm going to do something here. And you'd raise a hand and say, wow, that, that, that's me. Oh, yeah, I, I got to just stand still and not panic. I got to stand still. How many of you here and raise a hand and say, you know what? As you were talking, the more you taught, the madder I get at the devil. I need to punch the devil out, and I need to do some warfare, and that's you. Let me see your hand. Father, you've seen each one of these hands, and, and Lord, maybe they need to come to this altar, and they need to just come and stand here and say, I'm putting my foot down, and I'm standing on the Word of God. I'm putting my foot down and I say, no more, devil, no more in the name of Jesus. Susan, if it's all right, as a matter of fact, I think that's what we need to do. These guys are going to sing something nice for us. And if you raised your hand, why don't you come up to the front here and uh, just stand, just stand, just stand and believe that God is going to empower you and enable you. Okay, let's all stand together. But if you put your hand up 
and you want to stand and you want to make a you want to make a faith statement why don't you walk down the aisle and just stand here in the name of jesus go ahead